Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy! Oi, oi, oi! Welcome back to another episode of Faking Injuries. It's number 14. It's summer. There's no domestic football, but we've hit the books a little bit, and now we're we're scanning the ticker tape just to see all the latest deals going down in the transfer market because it's summer, and this is where squads are built. Money is made from an investing standpoint. You know, the small clubs are going to be selling high, and it's fun seeing these big clubs too try to fill out their holes and make the pushes they need to next season. So in today's episode, we're just going to run through a myriad of transfers that have gone through, big and small, ones that we like, maybe because of the sporting project they're related to, the value that they could provide, and we'll use these as a platform to jump into some of those projects and some of the hypotheticals that we're bound to dive deep into. Does that sound good, Charlie? Did I miss anything? Yeah, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to this episode. I love talking about transfers. It's a cool time of the year because, yes, we miss our weekly football, but it is nice to have a little break. I love following these teams, especially the ones that are doing complete overhauls or rebuilds under a new owner. Always fascinating to see like what direction they take it in or teams that just got a new manager, what signings they'll make. So best time of the year, in my opinion, next two months, especially as these international games start closing up and then we get late August, start of the season, Always my favorite couple weekends of the games. But let's jump into it. And we definitely, as far as the fan base goes, we fall in more of the stats, finance, nerd camp. Ever since we found out about the transfer market and connected the dots that money's being made and lost, bankruptcies are happening and being avoided through the business that's going down these months, we have been absolute fiends for the transfer market. So let's get into it. I'm going to pass the buck to you. Get us going. Get the takes flying. What transfer do you want to spotlight first? Let's talk about one that I'm sure every podcast out there has talked about. Sadio Mane to Bayern Munich. About 35 mil with some add-ons, probably closer to 40. For me, this feels like a great deal from both sides, right? Because from a Liverpool perspective, only has a year left on his deal, has to get sold. Luis Diaz is taking over left wing already. Like since January, he was just impressive so quickly, so... You don't regret parting with him as much. Make room for him, Darwin Nunez up top. And then for Bayern, I mean, this is the classic signing, right? They sign players when they're literally at their cheapest because of their contract situation, because the club has to sell him. They're just kings of doing this. Think Leroy Sané, think Nabry, many others, I'm sure, that aren't spring to mind. Upa Meccano even was kind of discount for his market value. At the time. At the time, <laughs> at least. Yeah, That one didn't quite work out. But I think it's a great transfer for them. Another star player in that attack. And under Nagelsmann, this team is just going to start really flowing after a, a full year of him. So I'm looking forward to seeing what else they do. But I think this is a great signing, both sides of the deal. You got to take it for Liverpool, right? Yeah, it's a great deal. It's nice to know. This deal kind of affirms that the market is working as it should. Because it's a deal where neither team really won unanimously. You know, both made concessions for sure. But for Liverpool, I think it's important as the transition in the squad with the aging front three that they've had in Salah, Mane, and Firmino. You just have to make sure that you're not losing these guys on a free because it's one thing to replace a player that maybe had a transfer value to you of like 90 million, some of these front three, but at least to recoup 40 here 
that makes spending 50 to get the replacement a lot better than, you know, being like Chelsea might have otherwise been and dropping 100 plus on going and getting the guy that they need because they didn't plan well. Yeah, Liverpool are a smart club. We've always said this. They are the model of how to do it as a top, top level club. There are some better examples of money ball clubs like of the Brighton Brentford level, but in terms of the top clubs, they operate about as smart as anyone does in the market. One last thing on the Sadio Mane transfer. I think he's really going to enjoy the food in Germany. I don't know why, but maybe this is part of the reason he decided to go to that country. Yeah, he's a guy that initially burst through the scene at Salzburg, which in my rudimentary understanding is essentially Germany. So he's got a taste for it and he wants the real thing. And I think the cuisine's playing a big part here. Massive part, massive part. I just think I can imagine he's going to be throttling Glizzy's at the beer gardens, at the nightclubs, wherever Glizzy's are present. He's going to love the German sausages. And I think some Glizzy vendors in the Bavarian capital were worried that, you know, overall market demand might go down with Nicholas Sula leaving town. <laughs> and so he obviously left a huge meteoric broad-sized hole in Munich. But have no fear, small business vendors of Munich, Sadio Mane is here, and he's here to pour as much mustard as he can find on as many glizzies that he can muster. So rest assured, business is going to be okay, and those bonuses are going to hit. Yeah, if I can do a quick callback to our last episode on clauses, they might have to insert something here. A uh, glizzy per week, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this will certainly be the first contract that he's had that restricts glizzy consumption and you know maybe just limits pretzels to an 18 inch circumference you don't need much more than that are we gonna have to hire a guy at power munich to walk around with a little tape measure is this is this over or under 18 inches that looks like a 20 inch pretzel right there all right i think that's enough bullshitting I, on uh sadio mane but i think we like it from both sides right yeah we like it for both sides let's do a segue to big club same same with liverpool but a smaller deal because it just broke in the last week. Calvin Ramsey moves from Scottish side Aberdeen to Liverpool. Good business here. A dude who already, not 20 yet, showing some quality in the Scottish Premier League. And I'm not sure if there were too many advanced metrics going in here or if they were just like, Andy Robertson, you're Scottish, you play wing back. Let's go get another one and get another value wing back who's going to run up and down, but has enough quality to do the quick interplay that this Liverpool team does. Yeah, I can't claim to be an expert on this guy. I don't think I've ever seen him play, but there's something about Scotland and their wing backs that just works. Andy Robertson, Tierney, Hickey, ton of young stars on the scene. And I guess if it's not broken, don't fix it. And if you're Motto is to sign Scottish left backs and right backs. Just keep doing it. Yeah, and to our audience in Scotland, let us know who's next because we don't want to live in a world where in 12 months' time, there's not another 18, 19, 20-year-old Scottish wingback who's getting a move somewhere of prominence, all right? So let us know because we're happy to get on this take early. Definitely like Calvin Ramsey, one for the future, classic Liverpool, planning ahead. But let's go outside of Liverpool. Let's talk Bazunu. To Southampton, 15 mil. I absolutely love this deal. He's the Ireland goalkeeper. And if you watch his highlight reel, like the first the first save on his highlight reel is him stopping a Cristiano Ronaldo penalty for Ireland in an international game, which is a pretty electric way to start. Played for Portsmouth on loan from Man City's Academy. I'm excited to see what Sport Republic does with this team because I think they're going to do more of these transfers 
where instead of buying guys off of the benches of Premier League teams currently or championship teams, they're going to say top academies in the country, look, Man City, Chelsea, we will sign the best player from your academy. We'll give you a buyback for probably double what we pay, and we're going to make him a starter like almost instantly. They did this for Tino Livermento. They're doing this for Bazuna right now. He seems like a stud, and I just think this makes sense, this approach where you go for the youth players, and yeah, they might leave in a year or two on their buyback clauses, but it's still a gamble worth taking, and they're getting great value for a lot of these guys who can play bottom of the Premier League table, but probably can't cut at their top clubs yet. Yeah, and for me, it's Southampton returning to their roots, because that's what they've been known for for the last 10 to 12 years, really, is being a place where youth can really make its way through quickly. Really no obstacles to leave if a suitable fee comes in from a potential suitor. And totally agree. The new ownership, Sport Republic, headed up by Rasmus Anderson, the homeboy that was running Brentford's shop during their Moneyball origin story. If we zoom out a little bit, what I'm looking for this summer is just to see kind of their main scouting areas. Like already we've seen prominent U23 teams willing to take players from top academies but I also look for them to go to the talent haven that is France. And also, this dude is Brentford through and through. He made Brentford into what it is today. So I'm pretty sure he's going to have a hankering for Danish players. Maybe not 10 to 12 like Brentford currently has in the books, but I would wager all of my 401k that they will get at least one player from the Danish league this season. So looking forward to it. Not sure who it is yet, but I know they're coming through the door soon. Yeah, I think the other part that's interesting is they're trying to turn into a multi-club uh, with Southampton as like the flagship main club, which would be really interesting for their scouting because they could go to South America, maybe have a club in the Brazilian League or a club in the MLS. That's what they're looking to do is expand and have places to scout. So excited to see where it goes and excited to see what kind of moves they make. Yeah, and like you were with Calvin Ramsey I don't think either of us is a huge expert on Bazunu, other than really the tidbits of you're under 20 years old and you save a Ronaldo penalty, and then just quickly scrolling through his highlights. He reminds me of a taller Kaylor Navas in the way that he relies on reflexes and positioning. You know, like, looks like a dude who just has the sprawl, the, the Spider-Man or whatever that motion is, you know, when you hit the splits quick and then try to just do funky shit with your hands. I think he's got it under control, and we're going to see some kamikaze goalkeeping out of him. Yeah, I don't think he's a huge guy. I think he's like 6'2", but from what I could tell from his highlights, he gets big when like there's a one-on-one situation, which is what you want from a smaller keeper, and he's got hops, it seems, because he saved a few over the bar that were pretty impressive. With a player that young, all you can really go on is how much he's played, and he's played at Portsmouth for a long time and has apparently been the best keeper in League One, so it says something. Definitely could do worse with the first signing of the summer, but I hope the deal flow keeps going through the South Shore of England at Southampton because I think they're going to get some bonus points for just really great value out of either from France or other obscure leagues. You know, they're going to unearth some hidden gems and I'm looking forward to it. They're going to make us realize why we're not in the transfer boardroom yet. Yeah, let's round out some of the other done deals in the Premier League. My favorite one so far has got to be Bubakar Kamara to Aston Villa. There's rumors of him going to top clubs, Man United, Chelsea, top clubs in Spain. This guy was rumored everywhere because he's that good. 
and has been playing in the hole at Marseille for a few years now, killing it. And I think he's only like 21. He's got great stats. Check out his FB ref. Very defensive. Very green. He's going to lock shit down. And I worry less about that back line with him protecting it because Douglas Ruiz never did that. And John McGinn's a little more of a box-to-box guy. So it just makes sense to throw him in there. Love to see a midfield of like him in the hole, John McGinn, and maybe Coutinho in like a really attacking center mid position. Could be interesting. We'll see what they do with Douglas Ruiz, but I love this deal. I mean, they poached him from all the other top clubs that were looking at him on a free. It just makes too much sense. Like you said, so young, has played so much, gotten good experience, and already looks like a commanding player that the rest of the Marseille squad would rely on to do so much of the dirty work, ball progression, other facilitation for that team. And people have known that he's run down this contract for the last year or so, and and top teams have just been drooling over those prospects. So it just makes it that much crazier that Aston Villa, who is still not more than two or three years removed from almost being relegated. It's crazy to see what Stevie G can pull because Kamara said in an interview, like, as soon as I met Gerard, I knew I was going to the industrial city of Birmingham in England, which to reject the palmy beaches of Spain or the modern luxuries of Milan really says a lot. So props to that scouting department, really. It does say a lot. Maybe, like me, he's been watching the latest season of Peaky Blinders, and for some reason he thought that's what it still looks like, and he was enticed by the world they built. But who knows? Great deal. And you're totally right. Gerard is just attracting top talent that we didn't think they would. And I think they're going to impress next season. Obviously, he had a pretty horrible 21-22 campaign, but you got Buendia integrated. Leon Bailey hardly played last year. A new midfield. Jacob Ramsey. Jacob Ramsey, another year, fully embedded in the squad. He was a stud last year. You still got some academy boys who could cut it, like Carney Chukwameka. I think they're in a good spot, and I think they'll finish a lot higher than they did this past season. A lot of hopes on them this past campaign, but let's see if they can erase that memory and go again. You know, In this sport, you get a goal, and we go again. Excited to see Villa fill out maybe some remaining holes with Kanta out. I think they could still use another center back because that seems to be the glaring weakness of this team. Let's take it away from the coal mines in Birmingham and go up to Yorkshire where Leeds United and Big Daddy USA, having survived relegation by the skin of their teeth, they're mounting a pretty impressive summer and doing their business early. Yeah, I think you're probably a little higher on their summer than I am, but it depends what they do the rest of the year because like, I think they still have a lot of work to do. They could use a striker still, for sure. And they could just use more depth in general. But love Brendan Aronson. I mean, obviously, as an American, we kind of have to. Easy. I do. And it, it's, a, it's a decent price. You know, they're not, like, overpaying, like, crazy for him. You know, it's, I think it's the right price, right time. He's Jesse Marsh's guy. Let him play the system he wants with the players he likes to use. Yeah, on Aronson, this was just classic Salzburg, right? Buying him in January of 2021, purchased him for 14, sold him 18 months later for about 37 million. Just classic. It's more of a financing transaction than anything. And looking back at the thesis, right? Salzburg always operates under the snatch up young talent, give them exposure, give them Champions League and sell them on. And this was a no brainer because there seems to be like an American surplus, right? Because if Premier League clubs can get their hands on a young American, 
that really only helps you know their viewership on NBC. It's just an extra branding piece beyond just whatever they contribute on the field. It probably adds like tens of millions in terms of commercial revenue. I'd imagine like I think that's part of the reason clubs will overpay for Pulisic. That's a huge portion of the American market. Like all the American outlaws type guys, like they're going to watch Chelsea. He's our LeBron James. Yeah, he's the LeBron James (laughs) of soccer, according to ESPN. But it's a great move. And like you said, it's classic, classic Salzburg. They did this with Holland, Dhaka, Sadio Mane, Mwapu. The list goes on and on and on. And also to the American piece, like we've talked about before, but the minority owners of Leeds United are the San Francisco 49ers and the York family. So if anyone is going to get their hands on a young American over the age of 18, it's going to be them, right? So they needed one. You know they're looking for more. They probably want at least three Yanks in the starting lineup. Good for them in realizing that little side venture in their quest to be Premier League owners. Another player joining his teammate Aronson and making the move from Salzburg to reunite with Big Daddy USA. Rasmus Christensen, this guy. I have loved him since I first laid eyes on him, much like Daniel Samek. He has just been an absolute rock in Salzburg and the Red Bull-style football that they play, right? Like, they dominate the Austrian league. They press so hard. And when you're at a wingback team in one of these attacking, press-heavy teams, you've resigned yourself to run up and down the flank for 90 minutes. And Christensen, in an interview, basically said as much, like, I'm happy to finally come here and realize my dream. I want my teammates to know that I run. It's all I do. It's what I love to do. You know how Michael Phelps got into swimming because he had such bad ADD that, like, he needed something to consume his energy? I won't be surprised if the biopic comes out about Rasmus Christensen, and it's a similar story but for soccer because... He plays football with the mindset of, I am engine. I run. It's what I do. I was created for this. Yeah, and and his stats back it up. I mean, they're absolutely stupid. Four tackles a game, six tackles and interceptions a game, which is like five is solid for a defensive midfielder, like really good. So six for a right back is crazy. 18 pressures. He's basically in or above the 90th percentile for all the defensive stats, which might be a touch inflated because he plays for Salzburg. But still, it only points to the narrative that he is a high-pressing guy with both the quality on the attacking side and the energy on defense just to really be the prototypical right back for Jesse Marsh. So I'm super excited to see him play because he's been in Salzburg a little too long, in my opinion, and deserves to step up. On top of the defensive stuff, seven goals and four assists last season, which... It's pretty solid. It's a high-scoring team, obviously, but still pretty good numbers for any fullback. And like you said, this guy's just got stamina. He can go all night in the bedroom, all day on the field. He's an engine. (laughs) I think for around 10 mil, too, which is the range they've been shopping in for some of these guys. Another signing they made from Bayern Munich, Mark Roca, 13 mil, I think, around there. Yep, and I'm also a believer in this one. They poached him when he left. I forget which Spanish side. It doesn't matter. Spanish football outside of Real Madrid doesn't matter. But seen at the good time as just a good value because he was a 20, 21-year-old playing serious minutes. Things haven't worked out so well. Maybe he got into too many pretzels or just wasn't liked. I don't know if Germany and Spain don't like each other historically. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was some culture clash at play here as well. Either way, I think it's good value because this guy just needs game time. He needs people that believe in him, not 
German managers shouting at him for being a sissy. It's possible that maybe his level at Bayern is his true level, and it, it really isn't the best move. But with Calvin Phillips about to leave, this guy, if he improves with some game time, could fill a good majority of the space left by Calvin Phillips in that midfield, right? And last piece here is, in general, I just love that they've gotten three players in, they've gotten them in early, and they all have the energy to play in the system. You know, they just need healthy bodies. And when you can add youth and potential upside with that as well, it's not bad business by any means. I don't entirely know what to expect with Mark Roca just because we haven't seen him play much at Byron at all. So it's a gamble, but for a little north of 10 mil, I think you can make that gamble if you're Leeds. And I just hope this isn't it. Like, I hope this early business continues. They keep making signings around the 10 to 15 million range because they need more bodies. I think they could use another body at center back. They could probably use another body in the midfield, especially if they're losing Calvin Phillips. And they could use a striker because you can't rely on Bamford all year, clearly. Well, if the early business is any indication, I think we'll see more deals. Definitely need to show up the front line because Bamford's been amateurish recently. And Rafinha could go. I completely forgot. Like, yeah, Rafinha's probably going to get sold. <laughs> yeah. So and, that's an, that's more money you're going to get. Obviously, you're going to get 50 or 60 for him, but still got to replace your best player. You can't rely on Dan James if he's not wearing a Welsh national team jersey. No, no. <laughs> that was pretty much our Premier League recap of some of the transfers we loved, the team summers who we're looking forward to, who we're spotlighting. And we'll keep this going. I think we want to do a Bundesliga episode soon. We want to do a Brighton-centric episode at some point, and we're going to keep it going with the transfers because there's nothing else really to talk about yet until we get past this Nations League boring-ass tournament that I won't support and get into some Champions League qualifiers. So that's our Premier League recap on transfers that have happened so far. We're excited to dive more into some of these later, but I think that's it for this week. Thanks for listening as always, guys. Ciao. We love you. Bye. Bye.